Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. At the sunrise service this morning, I talked about God's passion for us. God is passionately in love with you. And it's like God took from within himself. We know that God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. And it's like God took from himself Jesus and gave him to us. And then Jesus went to the cross on Good Friday and died for all of our sins. And then he rose on the third day. And that's what we're celebrating, the life of Christ and his risen, his resurrection uh, up until that point, the high priests, they would have to go and sacrifice animals for the forgiveness of sins. But because Jesus paid the final sacrifice for all people, we don't do that anymore. Because he is the final atoning sacrifice needed for the forgiveness for all of our sins. Man, I don't know about you, but I know where I've come from. I know some of the things that I've done in my life. And I'm grateful and I'm thankful for thankful for his love and his forgiveness and his sacrifice. I want to go to Romans 5:17 and it says for the sin of this one man Adam caused death to rule over many. Because of the disobedience, because of the sin of Adam and Eve when they disobeyed God, sin entered into all of humanity. And so it's not it's not our fault, but it is our problem. But in Romans 5, 17, it says, For the sin of this one man caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. And so Christ took on all of our sins at the cross, but he also took on death, and he rose again on the third day. So that's good news for us. God is passionate for you, and that's the point I was trying to make this morning at the sunrise service. So my question is, he's passionate for you. How passionate are you for him? Um, let's go to John, the gospel of John chapter 15. We'll be looking at verses 9 and 10, and then we're going to Ephesians chapter 3. Before we do, I want to give you the definition of passion or a definition of passion. Strong or barely controllable, intense desire for. Strong and barely controllable, intense desire for, or enthusiasm for someone or something. Let's look at John 15, 9 and 10. In verse 9, he says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. So Jesus is saying, listen, the Father and I are one. He loves me, but I love you like the Father loves me. And he says an interesting phrase here. He says, remain in my love. Remain in my love. So how do we remain in someone's love? Well, one way is that we stay connected. We stay connected to them. Another way is we continue in an authentic, real relationship where we're just real, right? I mean, do you have superficial relationships? You probably do, and it's like, hi, how are you doing? But there's real no depth. There's really not any depth to that relationship. But with Jesus, we can have a real and authentic relationship with him. What is yours like? This relationship needs to be a priority for us. So people that are connected, people that are remaining connected, they 
are, they have a relationship, but it's a priority for them. It requires both people to be committed to this relationship. So if Jesus has given his life for me for this relationship, I would say he's pretty committed to that relationship. But what is my commitment level to him? Let's look at John 15, 9 again. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. Verse 10, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. So Jesus is telling us how we stay connected to him. Let's go to John 5, 19. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Jesus and the Father were intimately connected. And so I believe that when Jesus would look at the Father and the Father would say, calm the storm. Jesus would calm the storm. When the Father would say, go heal that person, Jesus would go heal them. They were intimately connected. Jesus did what he saw the Father doing. Let's go to John 15, 10. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commands and remain in his love. I believe that this was the key to the power and the love and the authority that Jesus had. He was so intimately connected with the Father, and he did what the Father had him do. Remember when he was in the, in the garden, he said, Father, take this cup for me if you can, if you will, but not my will, but your will be done. So this morning, I want to say, is that our heart? Is that our cry? Father, your will be done in my life. I yield my life to you. I'm willing to give you my heart and my life. Have you ever made an important decision without prayer? or asking what the Lord wants, or what would be best for you? Have you ever said this? Oh, Lord, I've, I've made a terrible mess. Can you fix this for me? I think we all have. And so that's why it's important that we connect with the Heavenly Father and say, God, should I, should I take this job? Should I marry this person? Should I move to this other city? Because God's heart is for us. And he wants what's best for us. But it would be helpful if we would ask him what he wants. You've heard, you probably heard this saying, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I have something. I want somebody to tweet this. A few minutes in prayer can prevent a lifetime of pain. Just a few minutes in prayer may save us a whole lot of heartache. A few minutes in prayer can prevent a lifetime of pain. I'm convinced that, that Jesus is committed to a personal, intimate relationship with us. It's not like some of the other relationships we may have where we chase after somebody and uh, the, the other person is just kind of complacent. Oh, yeah, they're calling me again. Do you have relationships like that? Or have you ever had those relationships where, you know, and finally at some point you say, well, I'm, I'm committed to this relationship, but there's really no reciprocation to that. And that's not the kind of relationship that Jesus wants to have with us. He's all in. I mean, listen, when you go to the cross and you die for people's sins, I would say you're all in. So it's not like a relationship that we have that's complacent. God is passionate toward you. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. And Paul is writing to the early church in Ephesus. 
And Paul is saying, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit, through God's unlimited resources. I, I, I find that hard to understand, to comprehend. This is a hard concept to, to grasp, but God has unlimited resources. And not only does he have unlimited resources, he's committed to an intimate relationship with us. He also empowers us in that relationship. Let's look at the scripture again. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So Jesus is wanting to empower us. Are we allowing him to empower us? Are we yielding our life to him? Are we putting up a block and say, well, you know, I will only go so far in this relationship with you, Jesus. I know that you want to empower me, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know that I want that. I don't know that I can trust you because I've been so wounded by my earthly father or whatever that may look like. We can put up walls to prevent or, or, or block what God wants to do in our life. Verse 17, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. As you trust in him. This Greek word used for trust is pistos. It means reliance on Christ for salvation. It also means assurance, belief. It means I believe. It means faith, trust, firm persuasion. So as we believe, as we exercise assurance, in him and have faith in Christ, he makes his home in our hearts. And, and this Greek word for home is, means to dwell, to house permanently, to reside in us. So let, let's read this scripture again, and I've added, I've kind of emphasized it here, my emphasis here. Then Christ will make his home, he will dwell, he will reside in your hearts as you trust, as you believe, as you exercise assurance, are firm in your persuasion in him. That's what God wants to do. The more I learn about Jesus and the more I grow in my relationship with Jesus, I realize he is the initiator of so much of this. And we've talked about when I step out in faith, he's giving me faith. The love that I have, I believe he, he gives me that inner strength to love him and to trust him when things are, are going tough. Let's look at Ephesians 3.16. For again, for I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Last week, I talked about the word of God and having deep roots that goes into the soil of our heart. Your roots will, will grow down into God's love. And so, um, I believe his, his love is present when, uh, within us when we ex accept Christ. What, is, what does God say of himself? He says, I am love. And so his roots go deep down into the love that's in us. And have you ever, living down here on the coast, we've been through hurricanes and, and we've seen trees that are bending over. And what holds them in place? It's those roots that, that are strong, that go deep, that hold that tree in place so it doesn't blow away. And so when we go through the storms of life, are our roots rooted in God's love to sustain us, to see us through the storms of life? His presence, His Holy Spirit will hold our roots, keeping us strong. Verse 18, and may you have the power to understand 
as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May we have the power to understand as all God's people should. We should understand some of these basic, basic principles and concepts that God loves us and that he will hold us. As believers, we should understand some things. The basic foundational truths, this, this truth that, that God deeply loves us. Do you believe that? Do you know that? Do you know that in your heart of hearts? There are people that struggle with that. There are people sitting in churches today that struggle with that. Paul is hoping, praying, that we will be able to comprehend how wide, how long. Wow. I, man, it, it doesn't seem to end. How high. Man, I, I can't see the end of it down there. How deep. He's saying, I want you to get this. I want you to try to understand how wide, how long, how deep God's love is for you. And he says in verse 19, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. But, I, you know, even though you can't fully understand this, I want you to try to grasp it as best you can. This love is beyond what we know or experience in the world around us. So that makes it hard for us to grasp, partially because of our expectations and, and life examples that the world exhibits where love is earned, where it's conditional. Have you ever had relationships that were conditional? Oh, well, I'll love you as long as you do the right thing, as long as you dress right, as long as you look right. And those are some of the things that the world places value on. The world's love is fickle. Here today, gone tomorrow. Someone or something else better comes along. Well, I don't need them anymore. I don't need that anymore. I don't need God anymore. I've got this thing going my way now. And so the world is very conditional in its, in its love and also very performance-oriented. And we talk a lot about that at Life Fellowship. When you perform, then I love you. If you don't perform, then I don't love you. <laughs> And many people think that that's how God's love is, and that there's this balance. Okay, I do good. I do more good than bad, so that's good. Oh, oh, oh wait, I'm getting out of balance. Now I have more bad than good. And it's not about that. It's about a relationship. Jesus didn't come to build religion, to give us a set of a checklist, and as long as I do the checklist, then I'm good. No, it's about a relationship. And so as God transforms our heart, as he gets into our heart, he begins to change the way that we see things our actions begin to change. Why? Because our heart has changed. And we, we need to really understand this, that his love is not conditional. Ephesians 2, 8 says, We're saved by grace through faith when we believe not of our works that anyone should boast. It is a gift from God. So we can't earn it. It's not conditional. It's grace-based, not performance-based. God's love is opposite of the world's examples of love. God's love is unearned. We can't earn it. It's free. It's not conditional. It's based on grace, not performance. Thank you, Lord. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. As we experience and grow 
in the love of Christ, God will fill us with more of him, more of his love, and make us complete in our life. That we can walk in the victorious power. We can walk in the fullness of life that Christ came to give. This victorious power is not determined by our circumstances or our situations or how much money we have or our status, but it's solidified through our relationship with Christ and his unconditional love for us. Man, you know, we really need to get that. Somebody should get excited this morning because his love is, is unconditional, and I'm so thankful for that. Let's look at Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power, it's his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. It's his power working through us. We need to understand that it's through God's mighty power at work in our lives that we have the ability to accomplish abundantly more than we may have ever dreamed possible. Listen, we're not going to fully understand his dreams for us if we don't have a relationship with him. And I want you to think of a dream that you have right now, just whatever comes to your mind. Think of a dream that you have. Now, magnify that or multiply that a million times over. I think that's what God has for us. But we don't, we don't remain connected to him to get his heart. I remember when I worked in research and development, sometimes we would work in parts per million. And so you, you would envision that you have uh, 10 parts per million. That's if you would imagine a room full of basketballs, you'd have a million basketballs and 10 of those would be a different color. That's the kind of magnitude that we're talking about. Sometimes on occasion we work in parts per billion. I can't even begin to understand that. But that's kind of like God's love. We can't even begin to understand the depth of his love for us. I think many Christians... Uh, miss the huge dreams that God has for them because they minimize the power in their life. Oh, well, God can't even fix that. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. God can fix that and do much more. So where's our faith? Where's our connection with him? Do we understand that he has all power? Let me read the scripture again. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I think God's dreams are bigger than ours. I know that they are. God helps us in our relationship with him, and he gives us huge dreams. I know a man that's a, million, a millionaire. Probably, I, I wouldn't even know how many times over he's a millionaire, hundreds of times. He's a multimillionaire. And he told me that he had an allegiance to a man that helped him get started in business. He said, Mark, when nobody else would help me, this man helped me. He helped me financially. And now he's very wealthy. Um, but he, had an he has an allegiance to this man because this man said, man, I believe in you. I will help you. Imagine that we have an allegiance with a man named Jesus who wants to help us. He's greater than this man that helped my friend. $100 million would be nice, but, you know, I, I think eternal salvation, forgiveness of sins, peace, health, provision, I think those are worth, worth more. He provides complete forgiveness for all of our sins. How can you put a dollar amount on that? 
Are you, are you walking in freedom? Are you liberated today? Do you realize that God forgives us for all of our sins, all that stuff that we did back then? Man, that's worth, that's worth a lot right there. And then he allows us eternal life with him in heaven. He leads us in making good, godly decisions. He fills you with supernatural love for him and others. He gives us peace in the storms of life. He anchors us in his love so that when the strong winds blow, we stay strong, we remain. Jesus has given us much more than wealth. So what is your commitment to Jesus? That's, that's the question I want you to ask yourself this morning. What is my commitment? I know he's committed to me. He's demonstrated that commitment to me. What is my commitment to him? Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Verse 21. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. The things that we accomplish, the work of God is doing in our life. He gets all credit for it to have eternal life. And, and not only that, do, do we have the blessings that come from this relationship, but it impacts generations to come. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, obey my commandments. True love will keep you in established boundaries for protection. You're faithful to your spouse because you don't want to damage your relationship or marriage. Individuals that are dating and love each other, they remain pure. Why? Because out of respect for one another. I want to look at 2 Thessalonians 3, 5. May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. The Lord loves us. He exampled his love for us. He tells us how to remain in his love. How do, how do we remain in his love? Obey his commandments. Not as a legalistic, ritualistic exercise, but out of pure relationship with him. We want to please him. And in pleasing him and in, in obeying the commandments, we're blessed. We stay within those boundaries that are good for us. He empowers us to remain in his love. He helps us understand his love. He gives us multiple expressions of his love. So in response, we ask him to come into our life. It's a choice that we make, but that should be our response. Lord Jesus, I want more of you in my life. I know that you love me, and I want to reciprocate. I want to have that intimate, committed relationship with you that you have for me. We develop an authentic, honest relationship we choose to obey his commandments, to remain intimately connected with him. We value the things he values. We value his word, time with him, other people. God is passionate for you. And if, if there's two things that I can get you to walk away with today is just realize that God deeply, deeply loves you. And the second thing is I want to encourage you and strength and you know just strengthen you in reaching out to him, grabbing hold of him and receiving all that he has for you, knowing that he loves you, knowing that he has 
his best for you, knowing that he has dreams and plans for you that you, you may not have ever even thought of, that go beyond your wildest dreams. I remember when, when the Lord called us to start Life Fellowship Ministries International, I didn't have any idea that I would be pastoring full-time. But you know what? God has just given me a glimpse. I've, I've shared with you how that God is opening up doors for us globally. And God is going to do amazing things. He's already done amazing things, but God has more for us. And so God has placed something in you that he wants for you that probably exceeds anything that you may have ever thought of. The word says that God gives us the desires of our heart. And I think that's twofold. He places his desires in our heart and he gives them to us by having them come to fruition. So he places those desires in our heart, and then he makes it happen. It's all about him. It's all about him. God is passionate for you, and his passion begins with having a real, personal, intimate relationship with him. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832 864 2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.